Hello and welcome to another episode of the Creative Waffle Podcast. This episode is with Alex Adams, a designer that had a background in music and transferred over to the world of design and illustration. Uh, in this episode we hear a lot about that transition, we hear a lot about his design career so far, and also about uh, how he created his new brush set as well, uh, and the process behind that. So yeah, good chat. Um, here is a word from our sponsor before we get into the podcast. I hope you enjoy it. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Logo Package Express 2.0, a fantastic Illustrator plugin that will help you save time when exporting your logo files. Um, it, honestly, it saved me so much time. Uh, Paul Rand wished he had this Illustrator plugin. He would have saved so much time rather than drawing all those logos by hand at uh, different sizes. If he had Logo Package Express, he would never need to draw a logo, logo at meter by meter ever again. Um, this one is, is a fantastic one. All the great designers have it and, and people are talking about it in our industry. So save time by getting it. Uh, it will help you export lo- your logos for your clients you can never get those emails it's pesky emails where they say oh can I have the PNG because the JPEG doesn't quite work over the top of my image or you know why has it got a white background on it you'll never get those requests from your client ever again with Logo Package Express uh, so check it out down in the description you can have your logos and all of the different files formats you need for your client including the different colour versions as well the full colour the black grayscale black and white uh, inverted as well in all the different vector file formats you need and again PNG and JPEG as well um, so yeah please do go and check it out it really really has sped up my uh, exporting time and, and helped out my clients as well so check it out down, down in the description for your logo package express discount through the creative waffle podcast link and you can also help out the podcast by doing that as well so yeah hope you enjoyed this episode and uh, check it out logo package express cheers into the podcast welcome thank you um yeah for the listeners could you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do uh my name's alex um my design company or studio or one man band thing is called boredom kills creative uh at the moment my kind of area of expertise is um vintage branding and design and illustration within the hospitality uh, industries, so coffee and any kind of restaurant food type deal. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much the, the short story of, of what I do. People uh, never know what to say, do they, when they say, uh, it's my one-man band, it's my, it's my company. I don't, know what to say. <laughs> I don't know how to say it, but it's just me. I own a company. Um, yeah, it's just me. It should just be called Alex, but, it's, but that's not really, that's not fun enough, I don't think. Is there a brand name, Alex Adam? I think that's Alex quite Adam, name. maybe. There's a um, there's a porn star called Alex Adams. Uh, so that was that was fun growing up. Did you find up. that one out? Yeah, well, <laughs> at an age where it was quite interesting to me, actually. <laughs> um, yeah, no, nice, nice, interesting. Um, we should do their logo. We should, we should do a logo for them. Like, yeah. Uh, if she's still doing it. Still <laughs> a bit of research. Um, anyway, moving away from the porn. Um, <laughs> don't think I've ever said that on this podcast before. Um, but yeah, so how did you get into graphic design then? Because you got a background in music, right? Yeah, so my, I guess from like 18, maybe even, no, probably 18, 18 till now, um, my whole life has been uh, touring in a band, um, which is amazing. And, you know, I've, toured the world like a couple times and been to some crazy places but what that ultimately like as exciting as that is the reality is that there's so much time left over in your day where you're not doing anything where you're basically we would call it rotting so you would right. just sit in a dressing room and wait 
six hours to play because you're in the middle of Germany in like a industrial estate where you can't go out and get food or you can't do anything. Um, which is kind of where the name came from, right? So boredom kills creative. It was, it was a way to kill boredom because I was fed up of like not having something productive to do during those long periods of, of time. Um, mm. And actually it started, uh, I was recording an album and it started in the studio um, because I'd either, I play guitar and sing, so my parts were usually the last things to be recorded. Um, so there's bass, drums and another guitar and another vocalist to come before me. And so <laughs> as horrible as it is, the story... Can you hear that, the WhatsApp going off? No. Okay, all right, I'll carry on then. Um, as horrible as it is, the story started with basically my friend had an iPad and I drew a very detailed penis on his iPad with my nice. finger because um, he didn't have a, a pen, Apple Pencil. Um, and I must have spent like a couple hours drawing this thing, like pretty, like super bad basically. I was drawing this amazing penis and that was I didn't even draw at that point it wasn't something on my mind this was maybe two and a half years ago maybe three now um and when I was done I showed everyone and they were like did you draw that I was like yeah and so everyone was quite excited about this penis I'd drawn um myself included and I kind of thought like I used to be quite creative at school with, with like art. I would always be doodling like um, big pages full of stuff instead of, instead of doing the work I was supposed to be doing. I never did art at school. I never did art at uni. Um, but it was always something I was all right at, um, which is not the best basis for a career. But I, nonetheless, I was kind of faced with this good drawing. And uh, yeah, I just kind of was like, all right, well, let's see what else I can draw. So I would kind of borrow his iPad a couple of times during that. I think we were in the studio for like five or six weeks. Um, and I would borrow his iPad and draw some other stuff. Um, and when we came away from it, I was like, all right, this is a cool hobby. This is something to do when we're in green rooms, sat on a sofa for six hours. So I think at first I, I was bringing a, a notepad on tour and just drawing in that. And uh, then trying to like color it in on Photoshop, which made no sense because I wasn't like I wasn't getting rid of the background. I was just drawing over it. And um, my girlfriend from time to time shows me some of those original drawings, and they were awful. They were so bad. the The penis was my was the best my best work <laughs> at that point. Um, and yeah, it just kind of went from there. I, I would draw quite often every day get better and better and and for a long time I was drawing on a really old iPad with my finger um because it wasn't going to be anything more than just a hobby so yeah, yeah. I, there was no point investing in in a you know a, a pen and a a proper iPad um and then from that I was I was designing in Photoshop as well I was learning that alongside it um while we were away and I would be designing our band's merch um nice. which at first was awful and slowly got slightly better um and and I guess through that process I got all right I got quite good eventually um 
and it moved on to then being asked to design stuff for other bands who we were on tour with or who we were friends with. Um, and that was really like the first stage of my career was, was designing band merch and designing tour posters and then, you know, like EP covers, album covers, things like that mm. um, at a pretty low level. It wasn't like, it wasn't particularly detailed. A lot of the designs now I look back and I'm like, oh, I charged money for that. Um, but yeah, no, and, and it kind of spurred me in the right direction of like, this is something that I can make money while I'm away because music pays nothing. Um, and I can be creative and productive. Um, mm. And that kind of, yeah, that kind of set me up as, as a designer, I guess. That's, that's like, it's quite a common, I guess, uh, story for, for a lot of designers, like getting into, getting into it through music and designing their own bands. Like yeah. merchandise and stuff and I'm sure a lot of people started off doing that maybe not the dicks but maybe like a lot of I think uh, people <laughs> whether they tell you or not Mark they definitely were drawing dicks at some point there's a guy uh, he went to school with me and he I think I might have told the story in the podcast before but he um, he drew like teachers like our school with really weird but he drew te- pictures of our teachers with like huge penises and like big oh. boobs and stuff like that and it was really like, he was an amazing artist like really really good and they looked like yeah. the teachers and like they were, they were amazing but looking back on it it's, like, it's just such a weird thing to yeah to draw <laughs> yeah like i think like to defend myself a penis on its own maybe is less weird than putting <laughs> it on the body of someone that i know yeah, we're um, getting taught by. Yeah, definitely. Especially a teacher. I think if if the teacher was to have found those drawings, that might have been an interesting day. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, yeah, it was weird. It was weird looking back <laughs> on it. Just just in the open, just at lunchtime and break time, crack out the, the pencil and, and the notepad. He had the like, pages and pages of our teachers. Just, just like, weird, weird kid. Not I mean, what is now. it like? Why why start there? I feel like everyone got their start with. <laughs> With cock drawings, but... Um, uh, I'm not sure how many I've drawn, to be honest. Um, maybe a couple of those sort of uh, classic sort of cartoon ones, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, not too many. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. But, um, yeah, anyway, so yeah, that's, that's definitely um, a common, common way into design. It's a cool way to get into design as well. So going back to the music stuff, like what, what sort of music did you, did you make? And um, do you still do it? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we don't right now because the the world has ended. But um, it's pop punk music, I guess, at heart. Uh, It kind of has developed more into a more grown up sound. So it's not like a, um, I don't know. I always think pop punk sounds quite childish. It sounds like it's going to be the American Pie soundtrack or, you know, something kind of immature. But um, yeah, it's uh, heart, it's pop punk and and rock, I guess. Mm. Interesting. And, and, um, what's that scene like for design? Like, is there, are there many designers that follow it? Um, there's a couple people that are like, you see their work pop up quite a lot. So I think there are people who, uh, you know, like you said, people start their design career in in the music industry and then very quickly go, shit, there's no money here. I need to yeah. I need I need to move somewhere else. Um, but there are people who you know, seem to stick around there and specialize in merch designs. Um, there's a couple of really cool artists, usually from like places like Indonesia and Brazil. Um, th- those are like some of the most notable ones that I've seen. Um, but I think it's a skill all in itself. Like if I went back to a band merch design now, I think I would struggle to do it justice the way that people who just do that 
do. That's interesting you say Indonesia because a lot of um, there's a lot of sports design people from there as well, and they're amazing. So maybe it's a maybe it's like an untapped market or one that we don't speak about a lot. In, I think in, in design. Yeah, I think they're just like it's it's one of those things where the like the currency over there must is probably worth a lot less. So to to be able to draw well, you're going to yeah. have a good quality of life over there. I think. But yeah, I mean, especially if you're working with um, yeah, international clients, working with exactly. big sports clients or music. Yeah, yeah. Well, you say so. I'm interested in like the parallels between money and in both industries. So like, there's a lot of things about the starving artist and that sort of thing where you know you can't make a lot of money. But I'm, I'm not sure how how true it is in graphic design. It's like more of a commercial version of it, isn't it? Um, yeah. Commercial version of art. So how how does the money sort of compare between music, like starting off, and then graphic design? <sighs> Um, well, there's mu- there's there's money in graphic design. There's none in music, to an extent. I think like we made some bad decisions early on. We ended up at a point when we had like thirty thousand pounds worth of debt, um, oh, right. wow. which which as a musician is super hard to get out of. Um, and and I guess like that might have tinted my view on it. So I can't speak for everyone when I say it but you know like royalty payments are cool because that is due to you the the artist um which is interesting because anything else you know like merchandise or show fees and things like that there's a million people who get their cut of it before you do right um so really the only way that we ever were paid was through royalties or through um publishing so we had a couple of songs on Counter-Strike, which paid quite well for like probably five years. It paid really well. And then... Jesus, so much better. <laughs> We're in London, very loud London. Um, Someone's racing. Yeah. Um, so, so the publishing and the, and the royalty side of things is cool. Um, but the other side of things, yeah, it's, there's always someone else who's who's going to take a cut of the pie, right? So it's a booking yeah. agent or a label or a manager or a tour manager or a merch guy. There's a million other jobs you have to pay before you pay yourself. So graphic design, it's like if I design something, I don't really have to pay for anything other than Adobe, and that's pretty cheap. Yeah, it is if you make it. Yeah, it is. I mean, I guess the closest parallel would be if you're starting off of uh, going from university to going into the industry, you're starting with that debt. Maybe that's like the closest parallel to starting off buying all the kit, uh, yeah. music and loans and things. But yeah, interesting, interesting. Like, what, what what level do you have to be to be like the same level as a junior designer working for a, like an agency like twenty twenty two grand a year sort of level uh, in music? What's like the parallel for that? Like how famous you have to be? Not super. Like, I think right. the probably the level we were at or we're at, you should be getting around that um but the decisions that we made early on and the i think we the problem i had in in our band is that we got we had like a a wind of success quite early on and that meant that we just said yes to everything like we we said Mm. yes to warp tour we said yes to american tours like as a headline act when we really shouldn't have um and it just like we did isn't it Oh, it was amazing, and I wouldn't, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't have changed the decision I made. But like, doing Warp Tour on a bandwagon cost us thirty thousand pounds, and we never, like, we didn't make that back because we weren't big enough to be doing that tour at the time. Hmm. So, yeah, like, 
I think probably the level we're at, we should, we should have been making about that. Interesting. I mean, with graphic design as well, you don't have all of these people taking money, like you say, out, out of your pockets before you um, before you make money. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's it's, interesting. I mean, and I, like I guess yeah, if you're if you're working at an agency, someone's taking a cut of your of your money. That's a good point. That's a good but, point. Yeah. But if you're freelance and you're working for yourself, you've generated your own leads. You know, if you're getting paid a thousand pounds, you're getting paid a thousand pounds minus. You know, some people rent studios, some people, but those things are, are still choices. Mm. You you could work from home if you wanted. Yeah, definitely. And what was promotion like in in the, in the music industry? Because obviously, as a, as a graphic designer, if you're just set up on your own straight out of university, you've got to be you've got to be pretty good at promotion to get like jobs and things, and all really good at graphic design or, or illustration. You'll be amazing at one of those two, or, or amazing at promotion to or both to get up there really quick. So, what's it like in compared to music um well music it's kind of you need to it's probably more who you know okay. there is it's who you know and i think now especially it's what you look like as well like if you have a if you have a very well branded band you'll do really well um mm. and if you know the right people they'll put you on the right tours they'll send you to the right people who might have a label or might know someone um so it's quick if you can find the right people at the right time, but it's very much like a momentum thing. If you, right. if you get that momentum of, of finding a label and finding a booking agent and getting on a good tour, and when you get on that tour, you're shit live, then you've wasted that opportunity and it's not, the momentum stops. I think a lot of life is momentum, right? Yeah. So like even with graphic design, you get a load of cool clients if they all come at once, you need to be prepared for that. Otherwise, you're going to piss off three out of four of them and that momentum's gone and you're back to one and you're just kind of like, you've got to try and find another three again, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. That's so I, definitely been... Sorry, go on. No, it was just... I guess it's kind of similar in that sense. Like, you have to be ready for the opportunities when they come. Yeah. I, I mean, with the momentum, that's really interesting because it's it, it's been everyone's had that issue of momentum being killed with the virus i mean you you said uh one of your, one of your earlier posts about the um about your clients not having uh, being killed off by the virus so you you come up with these uh the apocalypse bucks which oh, i really yeah. thought was a really smart like the design itself was really smart i really like that but yeah, then like thank you uh, what, what was the idea behind that and um yeah, tell us a bit about that as well well I mean, as much as I'd love to say it was a huge success, I, I, right. did, I didn't do any of them. So my idea was basically like to work with the clients I had, create vouchers that say like, hey, we're closed right now, but like in, in two months time when everything's back open, you've got a voucher for a meal so that they could continue to earn money whilst their doors were shut yeah, and kind of offset it for, for the future. Um, when they still had new customers coming in because they could come in. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so I made like a little dollar out of it. Um, but yeah, no, no one no one wanted to do them for some reason. Yeah, yeah, it's a shame. Maybe, maybe people had different, different focuses on what, like head in the fryer sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like screaming like, ah, I'm gonna... Definitely. Yeah. I think the something I noticed was that um, in the UK, I didn't see as much pivoting i didn't see as much people uh or companies 
turning to delivery or turning to like do it yourself at home kits for pizza dough with you do you know what i mean like yeah uh i, I work mainly with american clients just that just happen to be that way not through any mm. choice and they almost all of them were like all right this is how we're going to get ahead of it this is what we're going to do whereas english people seem to be a bit like furlough that's interesting <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna sit at home for eight months and and chill yeah yeah i definitely got that feeling um yeah that's a really good point um yeah i, I think i think yeah i think there's a, there's a lot more uh, initiatives over there just to try and make it yourself uh, that's why i think people still cling on to the american dream isn't it like, like i think the american dream is pretty much pretty much dead like in all reality like you, you can go anywhere in the world and make yourself a living but like the, the original american dream wasn't it about going to america because it's the most prosperous land there's so many jobs over there it's such a big place it's like this yeah. new country sort of thing and now it's, you know, when we see on the news this week, it's been a shit show. I mean... Yeah, oh, um, God. Yeah, it, it's crazy what's happening over there, but... Yeah, it's a mess, man. Um, sorry to kill the podcast, but... Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it, so, so... So, yeah, so I really like the idea, basically, is what I was going to try to say with that. Um, yeah, I did too, me. but no one else did. You should have hit <laughs> me up, I'd have been course, my what? only commission for it. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's still time. I mean, we're in second, well, third lockdown now. Uh, so maybe, maybe there's still time. Yeah, um, yeah, maybe. Has it, uh, has it affected you much, the, the corona? Like the it lockdown did, stuff? And... Yeah, it did at the start. So the first lockdown in, in March um, affected my work in terms of I had, I still at that point had a few music jobs on. Um, and obviously that ended those. So I had like, uh, some tour posters, some some a music festival that wanted branding and, and the posters all done. Um, and then a couple of artists that were going to release EPs that kind of put that on hold. Mm. Um, but in terms of the hospitality industry, the, that side of things picked up and that's where I started running with that. Um, so the, the jobs from the music industry stopped, but the hospitality jobs took over that threefold. Um, because, because like I said, I had a, a few American clients and they were just like, this isn't going to beat me. I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing this, this, and this, we're going to launch a delivery service. We need a new website. We need to do this. We need to do that. Yeah. Um, and then from that, I ended up working with someone who runs a bunch of restaurants and it just kind of was like, it just kind of multiplied, um, which I was very fortunate. I know that outside of that, I didn't have loads of inquiries. So I just kept my head down with that and, and um, carried on working, really. Well, that might be a really good tip as well for people listening. Um, if, you, if you're not getting many clients in the UK because everyone's sort of down in the dumps and thinking about you know, lockdown for another six weeks or so, um, there's never any lockdown. We haven't been given a date when it's closing and stuff like that when it's ending. Um, maybe think about you know, going overseas. Like America's pretty much all open now, <laughs> although this, this terrible situation. It shouldn't there. be, yeah, it shouldn't yeah, be, but yeah. um, um, it is. And like other countries are starting to, to really pick up and do well. Like New Zealand's fantastic. Apparently Australia's doing really well. Um, so yeah, although I think Australia's in lockdown, but there's still like no one's getting any cases and everyone's healthy and stuff. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I mean, there's definitely other countries that are doing better than us. So I'd, I'd maybe think about going overseas and trying to get some overseas clients it would really help yeah definitely i mean just go on instagram and find who's yeah. open and who's promoting stuff and who's not kind of 
not giving up. I know it's very hard to continue in, in these circumstances and some people couldn't move to delivery or, or online or, you know, whatever it is, but like find the things that are going to survive. And, and if your industry is, is, um, well, I mean, my industry is hospitality and that's like surely the biggest thing that should be dying right now. Yeah. Um, and there are still people that are thriving with it. So, you know, if, if your industry is the music industry, then yeah, maybe that's, maybe that's something you should put a pin in for a second and, and have a look at, you know, e-commerce, like t-shirt designs for brands because e-commerce is up massively since this whole thing. Yeah, I was just saying on another podcast last week, I mean, Amazon must be raking it in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> our our neighbours get Amazon deliveries pretty much every day. It's crazy. Like, yeah. how much, uh, what's going on? Like, the, yeah, the, the I know, man. Running the city. I mean, like, like everyone, everyone's got it in for Jeff Bezos because he's rich, but I'm just saying, like, he's he's got he's got a sick idea and he's just smashing it. Like, yeah, he shouldn't have that much money, but equally, do I, if I want something within a week, do I Google it and find the right person or do I just go to Jeff? Yeah, Jeff's the man. Jeff, Jeff's kind of the man. He's ripped as well. Have you seen? He's quite have, like. Yeah. He's quite stacked. He is. He is. I mean, he, yeah. I wonder how many uh, girls are put off by the lazy eye though, because it does look like it's quite strange, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I'm straight, and like, I'm not put off by the lazy eye if he's got 100, <laughs> 160 million billion, sorry, dollars. No, yeah, definitely, definitely. He's yeah, he's one hell of a man. Um, I'm a gold digger. Not the richest sense. man in the world anymore. That's, no, uh, I know. That's Go on, but anymore. Elon, Elon Musk is cooler anyway. I think like yeah. he might not be ripped, but like he's he's a. Uh, Who would you prefer as your uncle, Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos? Elon, because he's <laughs> going to be bringing me like. I mean, I'm not really the age where I where like an uncle is a, is like a a cool thing like oh my uncle's coming around brilliant but yeah yeah true true but um elon's gonna be bringing me flamethrowers and machine guns mm. and all kinds of things that i shouldn't have so that one day shipping though jeff Bezos could ship you whatever you wanted from across the world that's true but could <laughs> could could elon send me it in a rocket into my garden oh yeah one day they'll do they'll, they'll merge together and do like drone deliveries of teslas yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. That's it as well. Like, is he going to give me a Tesla? <laughs> I love this. There's, uh, yeah. My, my, my current uncle is a digger driver and he's never done any digger work for me. So I'm wondering if this whole thing is like, is, is Elon even going to give me anything or not? What would you prefer, a digger or a Tesla? Tesla. Oh, diggers are cool, though. Diggers are cool. <laughs> but what I'm saying is I've never been given a digger from him and he's never done any digger work for me. Yeah, is it a yellow one? Is it one of those JCB ones? I don't, I don't go to work with him, but I would, I would assume it's yellow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I still love those as a kid. Um, going, going back to it's like your story and that. So, um, so did you go? Did you do any like uh, qualifications in graphic design, or or once you figured out you could draw dicks and, and like draw draw good stuff, uh, draw well? Um, like how, where did it go from there? No, or so I, I have a degree, but it's in music, which is, nice. I mean, realistically, this is not to put anyone off, but a, a degree in anything creative is more a testament of like what level you can study to than mm. it is a key to anything. Because, 
you know, like the proof is in the pudding. If you're, if you're good at it, people can see and hear that you're good at it and you'll go somewhere. The, me flashing my university certificate didn't help going to a music, like a record label. It's, it's not going to do anything. Um, but when I, you know, when I finished drawing the penises and was ready to draw like other stuff, I turned to Skillshare. That was kind of the first place for me where I would just learn. So I would just sit there with like Draplin's courses and um, mm. I can't think what the studio is called. DK DKNG? Yeah, DKNG. Yeah. I would do their kind of illustrator vector kind of courses. Nice. Um, anything on there really. It was mainly illustrator to be honest. I didn't really mess around with Photoshop at the start um, just because I was drawing on an iPad and that was kind of my equivalent of Photoshop. I wasn't looking to manipulate photos. It was all about illustration at the start. Yeah. Um, and I guess I didn't really, you know, I didn't have a, uh, like a tablet to use with Photoshop. So it was Procreate and it was Illustrator. Um, I never really looked into how you should illustrate. So that's something that I probably still need to do, honestly. Um, <laughs> You know, like those. I don't think you need to, to be honest. <laughs> those um, Etherington brothers, Ethington brothers. I don't know. They've got a book about like how to think when you draw. Hmm. Um, I'm trying to think, I know them. I want. I want to get that. That looks amazing. It's like, oh, if you're drawing dripping cheese, this is what it should look like. Not, you know, not what you think it would look like. And um, anyway, Skillshare was where I did most of my learning for any of this um and then it was really just podcasts so it was um uh perspective collective i really got into that so Come i've I listened really to almost on. every episode just kind of figuring out my way through stuff um honest designers uh, and then and then following people on instagram so like following scotty russell and following tom ross and following um, just people who were not only doing design, but were also giving value and, and, you know, talking about the process and talking about how they get clients and, and that kind of thing was hugely useful to me starting out. Nice. Yeah. I mean, those, those podcasts are fantastic. I've learned a lot from, from Tom and Scotty because, uh, well, even going to Creative South with them as well and, and, um, and uh, Crop as well. So, Oh, you went to Creative South and Crop? Yeah, we're on the jumper. Um, oh, yeah. As always. Uh, I've literally I've got two jumpers from Creative South, and they're the only things I wear pretty much. That's amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, it's amazing. It, it is really nice. It's a really nice um, a, a really nice community and, and good people. Um, were, you, were you trying to go this year? Uh, I, nah, I, so I've just moved to London, so I'm saving money, to be honest. Um, and when it, it was last April, it was meant to be... Um, and I just started uh, Arsenal as well, so I've just started a new job and saving money, and I couldn't get time off. So all those things sort of came together, and I wasn't meant to be going this year, but maybe right. next year, maybe maybe another year. Uh, yeah. I'd love to get back out there because it's beautiful. Yeah, uh, when girlfriend. we're allowed to travel again. Absolutely, yeah. And my girlfriend comes from that part of America as well, so um, yeah, it'd be good to get down there. Um, but yeah, no, lovely place, lovely place. Um, so. Uh, Nation down and going into the hospitality industry. How, how have you found it? Has there been any benefit of just niching down, or, or, or have you found any disadvantages, or what's going on? Um, 
so for a long time i i feel like i fell into the camp of most people where it was like everyone's telling you to niche down tom ross is telling you scotty yeah. russell's telling you everyone every day niche down niche down find your niche and i was like i was a bit um bullish i guess and was like these guys don't know anything like why would i why would i ever do that when i could do a cartoon logo today and an illustration of a devil tomorrow and a sports logo and 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 yeah yeah um why would i turn down work and i and i do think to to an extent when you're starting out like yeah if you if you know what you want to do straight out the bat then sure niche down but turning down work at an early stage is is a very privileged position to be in i don't think i don't think most designers when they start out can afford to go no i i don't work in that industry i'm not going to do your your illustration your merch design whatever it is um but yeah i was very like these guys don't know what they're talking about i can i can do this and this um and after a while i was kind of looking through my instagram feed and i was like this doesn't this doesn't feel like everyone else I'm looking at. And I know like comparison is, is um, something you don't really want to get into. But what I mean is like the, the, the big people that I was looking at, the, the kind of people I was trying to have the success of were coherent at least. Like there was either a message running through everything. There was a color scheme running through a lot of people, the people that I would consider more artists rather than, necessarily graphic designers um there was common themes that kept popping up and and all of their work at least had a had a um genre i guess um and i was looking through mine and it's like there's an isometric illustration then there's some vector stuff then there's a skull and it it was like if i was if I landed on that page, I wouldn't follow it because I, I don't know what I'm getting. I don't know what yeah, yeah. this is about. And if I'm paying that person to do something, even less do I have confidence in them because now, like, yeah, I've seen you do one thing that looks kind of like what I'm after, but the rest of it's all over the place. Mm. Um, and that was when I kind of thought, like, all right, well, if I'm going to do this design thing as as my kind of, money maker or or career alongside the band that isn't necessarily paying um i need to have a clear voice with it the same way that in music you can't just release a funk song and a pop song and then a heavy metal song and expect people to know what the fuck's going on right 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 no one's going to carry on listening because they're like well i like that one song but then the other nine are ridiculous um so, um, yeah, and I, I kind of just decided, like, well, I'm really into this vintage design stuff. Like, I feel that that's my strongest design style um, because from a, a lot of it from touring America, I would, I just love their aesthetic, that kind of Americana, yeah, um, mid-century vibe um, that's all over, like, petrol stations and and junkyards and on the side of the road and their cars and their history i know they don't even have like 
a, a particularly long history, but it's still very aesthetically cool. Some would say they've cool. made up for it since being established. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they've yeah. they've crammed a lot into a small amount of time for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that kind of led me down the path of like, well, I really like that, and I really like um, combining a sense of humour with it, um, which definitely in my in my earlier time like earlier in this year when i had less client work there that i posted a lot more of it because i had more time to to work on personal projects that were just like a cool design but with a funny caption uh, or a funny concept or a funny um uh like message with it um and yeah as i started to do that i definitely saw that I mean, maybe I was losing customers because may, or clients because maybe people looked on my page and went, mm, that's not what I want. But then realistically, the people who did land on it and wanted that were so much happier because I was almost an authority on it, right? Um, they would see that all of my work was in a certain style, send me references that were my work as opposed to, can you try and mesh these things together that I've never seen you do? And me go, yeah, okay, I'll try. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and it just kind of went from there and it, it ended up after a while of putting out consistent vintage work, uh, and like kind of textured work, it ended up being that people would come to me and go, I really like when you did this, can you do this for me? As opposed to, like I said, here's some artists I like, can you try and be them? Mm-hmm. Um, which always felt a bit disheartening anyway, that it was like, oh, there's no references of my work in there, so why are you paying me to do it? Why don't yeah, you go exactly. and find that person? Um, I've heard it, of a lot of graphic designers turn people away because of that, and uh, like I say, we'll go and find, or oh, I know who did that, here's their contact details sort of thing, and then they yeah. normally say, oh, I can't afford him or, <laughs> or her, or yeah. like, I can't, yeah, or for some other reason. But yeah, you're right. Yeah, and I mean, to be honest, even when I had done that, if people turned up and and said, I want something in this style, and it wasn't my style, I'd still do it. I'd mm. still do it, I just wouldn't post it, and I wouldn't share it, because... Definitely, we all have, definitely. That's not what I want to be known for, that's not, like, the route I'm taking, it's inconsistent, but if I don't have loads of work on, of course I'll do it, and, and I'll do it, do it to the best I can, but just kind of manage their expectations that it's like that's not really my style so I'll, I'm, I'll do my best there's a really good point uh, about that about starting off and not having a lot of work on and turning things down you said earlier on um, yeah I remember starting out and, and not having any work and taking everything on and, and wanting to go into branding but doing every 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 little business and then realising oh, that's not really what I want to do but but it's definitely a sort of hunger like <laughs> at the start I think you should have of wanting to do everything because you'll you'll improve so much if you have, if you if you the more work you do when you start off I think the quicker you improve. Um, obviously, getting used to the tools, getting used to designing people designing logos and design or designing anything, and then getting used to the process of being working with clients and their feedback and stuff like that. The more bad feedback feedback you get at the start as well would help you later on because you've already had that stuff um, said to you. So there's definitely um, definitely a good thing to get more projects out of the way and yeah you can cringe on later on so <laughs> learn Definitely, the right yeah. quicker yeah yeah i think there's there's too much pressure on your day one of starting your design career choose yeah, a niche yeah. choose a niche choose a style stick to it it's like well i've not even 
I've not even drawn my first cock yet. So how am I gonna <laughs> how am I gonna know what I'm good at or what I enjoy or what combines? You know, you see a lot of these like Venn diagrams where it's like what you're good at, like, and then something you love, and then in the middle, right? So it's like after a while, I managed to com- combine what I was good at, which was vintage design, because I liked that messy look. I wasn't very good at doing clean work. And I, mm. I struggled. it took me a lot longer to do anything clean because it has to be perfect. And I'm not like, that's not me as a person. I'm kind of a little bit chaotic and a little bit messy. And then f- like food came into it when hospitality started picking up. And I was like, well, th- if I had the choice and I could leave my house, these are the kind of places I would be eating and drinking coffee. And, you know, I got super into coffee and then it ended up merging that it was vintage design within the hospitality space. And it was amazing because then if a coffee company comes to me, they go, oh, we really like your work. Can we, we want to work together on something. Let's jump on a call. I'm, I'm giving them 10 ideas over what they've asked for. They're going to take five of them because they trust that I've done it before I know what I'm talking about because I'm into coffee and I now know, you know, I know speciality coffee and I know that this needs to look like this and maybe we should do cards with tasting notes on and they didn't even think of that because because you've become the, not expert, but, you know, at least a source of of knowledge within that field. Yeah, well, that's your argument for niching down, isn't it? If if you know so much about subjects... Um, it saves you time on research as well. Like, yeah. If you're doing branding for, for everyone, which is nothing wrong against, there's nothing bad about that. If you if you really enjoy branding, do it. But if you if you're doing branding just for football clubs or doing, which is really niche, but just just for bands or something like that, you know music or you know football, then it's it's a lot easier to understand who it's going to be seen by and you know the the audience and that. So it's definitely something to think about for sure. It's a, cool. and it's another part of design that you I don't think many people talk about is is the fact that like if you are if you're doing a project and you're expected to rebrand something for example you need to know more than just like what do you the client want from this you need to know what the kind of industry standard is what kind of assets you might need for that what kind of like collateral and and extra pieces can I upsell as well the client rather than just going oh you want a logo okay i'll have a look at it like i i get over excited on a call and i'll i'll quite often say like oh we could do this 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 and like i said if they if they pick one of those things you've already added to what they were going to pay you yeah yeah imagine their expectations again like you said if if you you're showing your excitement for the projects, which really helps. I mean, how do you find client calls? Do you do it via via phone or do you do it via Skype or how how do you do it? I usually do it. The first call is usually just a, a phone call, um, right. because uh, unless they specifically have said, and quite a lot of Americans for some reason want to go on video straight away. Hmm. Um, and I do find that when you go on video, you have a lot more you can judge people's reactions so if you say a price and they kind of pull a face and then you pull a face yeah you you're a lot it's a lot easier to judge those those conversations rather than just hearing a long silence and not really knowing if that person is like trying to play hardball or if they think that's too much or they think that's they're like shocked at how cheap it is or whatever um and also i think you can judge a lot easier whether that person 
or that client is a good fit for you by having a phone call with them and, and seeing them and seeing you know, how they react and how they talk. I think the trust is built a lot quicker that way. And I've had a lot less jobs fall through from doing a video call rather than just a call. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's, it's interesting because um, I think call is definitely the way to do it. I think that's the best judgment of, um, of trust. If, if it's video or it's much better than email. So it goes like email, I guess letter, letter, <laughs> email, uh, <laughs> like call video call meeting in person I think that's probably like the steps yeah. of if you can get to to that um, yeah. I don't know if you know I don't know if you know HE Creative uh, at all they're um, I recognise the name but I don't yeah. off the top of my head know yeah they're really cool you'd like them they're sort of a, a punk design outfit um, they're, they're wicked people um, and, and yeah they, the one, one bit of advice I go to me is, is like get on as many calls as you can because the guy who works there um, he used to be a sales guy so he's, he's telling telling us telling designers to just make as many calls as you can to get clients and just get to, if you want to work for a company see how far you can go just phoning them up like can I speak to this person and this person like, just just keep phoning them until you, you speak to the right person and then sell yourself it's really yeah. interesting but I find a lot of, like not many designers do it I've, I've never really done it but no I've never I guess it I've works I've never cold if, called if you, yeah yeah I've cold emailed a lot. I did this that a lot. That's that was my main like way of getting I haven't done it in a long time, but I used to just put together like a mini portfolio back when I didn't really have enough work. It was mainly um personal work that mm. I just put together in a portfolio and looking back at it, it was basically just an Instagram feed. There was no there was no design <laughs> yeah. sensibilities about my portfolio. It was literally just three squares side by side, scroll down through the whole PDF. Um, and yeah, I just email, if I'd, if I'd worked with someone, so I worked with a company called Orgies Coffee, I would go on their Instagram, I would go on the people that they followed, no, sorry, that followed them, and then I would just scroll through, create a million tabs of all the different coffee companies that followed them, and then go, hey, like... I really like your your um, feed. You guys look like you're doing some really cool stuff. Make a kind of personal note, right? So like, oh, that thing you did, whatever, so that they know that it's not just a, a, a copy and paste. And then say like, I've been working with Orgies on this thing and I'd love to see if we'd be a good fit to maybe talk about doing some projects together. And instantly there's the trust because they go, yeah, I know Orgies, Obviously, I knew that they knew Orgies. They follow them. And you're instantly like, it's not a cold lead anymore. It's kind of cold to warm. And, That's uh, really interesting. It's a really good tip. It was how yeah. I got a lot of work in, in the early days. And then from there, I'm sure you know, it's kind of like just referral, isn't it? It's like... Yeah, yeah. Once you've got a big enough client base, it is. Yeah, definitely. That's, really, that's a really good point. Like if you work for someone... Chase down the competitors, I guess. <laughs> chase down the competitors, <laughs> chase down, and always try and step up as well. Like that was back when I, I just was like, I'll do anything. Right. But, but now I would do the same, but I would try and step up. So it would be like, I work for Orgies, who's bigger than them, that I can kind, that still knows who they are, and I can kind of step up now rather than, rather than sideways or down. Which a lot of the time, if you just cold email a load of people, it's it's probably sideways or down. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. 
That's good. That's good tips. I'm thinking about who I can email now. Um, <laughs> I'm attracted to the amount of people I can work with, so I need to pick carefully. I need to choose non-football related. Uh, so <laughs> related... You, your your main job is is Arsenal. Uh, I work for Arsenal Football Club. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing, um, man. So it's designing like what everything or? Uh, no, so I'm. Well, I've just moved into like a, a general design position, um, but it was for the partnership role, which is still. Still, very much um, what I do is, is design um, decks for presentations for sponsors' meetings. So okay. I try and bring in a sponsor. I design like a deck and make it look good, and then they present it to the sponsor and back and forth money and all that. Um, and but now I'm doing a bit more social stuff and a bit more stuff for partner services and a few different outfits. So yeah, um, a few different places. So yeah, yeah, a bit bit of a I guess of coming into a more of a general role. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. And and do you so you freelance on the side of that? Um, yeah, so I've got Hiram's Creative, which is sort of just like developing my illustration style at the moment. It's really yeah. what it is. Selling a few, well, not selling, a few posters. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know that one. <laughs> uh, yeah, I got, got the posters on Etsy, but like not really promoting too much and not really selling anything. Well, not selling anything. So, um, yeah, so that's happening. But I just like making stuff. So I'll make like stickers and make posters and I just put them up in my room and that. Um, yeah, that's sick. But yeah, so that's that's the sort of freelance bit. I mean, I'll do sort of collaboration stuff and just developing styles, I guess, and then hoping to get to the point where I can eventually do like illustration for the Arsenal program cover or illustration for their social media and stuff like that. And then it'll just sort of trickle out. I mean, I'm yeah, I think I don't want to say it like I don't want to say a blanket statement, but I'm, I'm really thinking currently I always want to work in football clubs. Yeah. But, I've said blanket statements like before, and it's just not been true. So we'll see. But at the moment, I'm loving, I'm loving working in the football club. Um, yeah. And it's great to see on the inside of, of something that I absolutely, absolutely love. Um, yeah, that's and the industry that I love. So, um, so yeah, that's that's that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, one question I was going to ask: Do you know of Retro Supply? Yeah. Uh, Dustin. Yeah, he's, he's wicked. Um, his stuff. Do you use any of his products? I have a few of them downloaded. Um, and I also use quite a lot of True Grip Texture Supply. Yeah. Um, probably more them so than than uh, Retro Supply. Nice. Yeah. I was just wondering because your, your illustrations and sort of old-fashioned feel that you get to them. I mean, I, I, I've been trying to figure out a way of doing it um, organically, but how, how, how do you do it? Is it just brushes or like texture overlays? or <clears throat> like a the, bit You of know everything. what I mean? Like the bleed effect, the little, little sort of scratches here and there. Yeah, it's a bit of everything to be honest. I I um recently I've been using a lot of like the pencil, like the built-in Naranda pencil in in Procreate is amazing. Like you can just do the whole illustration like that, and there's loads of little pieces missing from it, and little uh, bits where you've pressed too hard, and and it's kind of imperfect. I really like that. Um, the brushes definitely help. So. I put half tones on almost everything, um, and I've also this just this week actually yesterday put out my own brush set for Procreate, um, and yeah, so it, it's basically a combination of like having messy lines, having some kind of textured fill, so like half tones or or um, like the kind of liner brush type things, um, and then when you get into photoshop putting it on a on a textured background or or overlay so 
I use quite a lot of like cardboard or craft paper or just like grainy paper things that I've scanned in myself and use as like a you kind of split it so you I mean I won't get too into it but you you have the highlights and the lowlights so that it affects everything in a in a similar way um and and then yeah just like layer masks as well so if if I know that the design's done I put it in a group and then put a layer mask on the whole group so that there's like ink missing throughout the whole thing um and that's kind of what I would do for for most of it and then I also been trying a lot of like overprint effects recently where you would have like a blue color and a red color of the same design and just kind of mm-hmm. move it slightly and both put them both on multiply i love that yeah they're, they're really cool especially on t-shirts and things um yeah yeah there's a really good brand i can't remember what it was but there's a really good brand um but the, the branding was really smart and nice and it, had, it was out of effect right so overlaid yeah um that's, that's the thing you've used on the, the inky boys uh it looks really cool i mean just look, yeah. sorry i was looking at her work as well no um, thank you do you do you know a guy called Andrew Thompson? Andrew Thompson? Thompson? Uh, I don't know off the top uh, of my head, no. Uh, so like, might not be Andrew. Uh. <clears throat> anyway, he does some other cool stuff. Um, I might be completely butchering his name. I'm really sorry if I have. He's been on the podcast. He's a really nice guy. I, to, I hope I hope got that right. Um, anyway, I'll send it to you later on because he's, really, like, he's a really great illustrator and um, does fairly similar stuff to you as well. Um, and okay. he's got a uh, background in music as well. So oh, send sick. it your way. Awesome. Um, but yeah, so creating your own brush pack. Like, yeah. Well, actually, first of all, because I, I haven't used Procreate much I don't, like, at all. I haven't got Procreate. I've been using um, a Wacom tablet and just Adobe Illustrator on the on the computer, mm-hmm. um, on, the, on, the, on the Mac. But like, Procreate seems amazing. Everyone's using it. I need to get it. Um, I don't really know why I haven't got it. I just need to, um, Adobe uh, Draw. Like there was, I started off doing Adobe Draw, and then uh, they've got an Illustrator for iPad now. Yeah. Um, have you had much practice with that, or how no, does that compare to? I fired it up when it first came out, but I was working on stuff that I had a deadline on, and and I went into it thinking like, yeah, this is going to be great because it's going to be vector straight away. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. And I started drawing and it must have taken me about a minute to switch straight over to Procreate because I was like, <laughs> i got a deadline on this. This doesn't yeah, look yeah. like my work. I don't know what I'm doing here. Um, so I do need to put some time in on it because I think um, almost every project I do now has to be in Vector. Like, mm. it kills me, but it's like so many of them, they're like, oh, do you have the Vector file? I'm like, no, it's <laughs> it's Raster and I'm going to have to now spend a fucking whole night trying to work out how to vectorize this thing um especially when it's like detailed and textured it's really hard to like image trace in in illustrator in that scenario um so i would love to to try it um but i haven't yet the the only thing i have done is i've done you know you can do sidecar where you can use your ipad to draw on photoshop on your mac yes yeah um, I've done that a couple of times and that works really well. Um, and obviously Photoshop lets you choose a canvas as big as you want pretty much. Whereas Procreate, if you, if you, if the canvas is too big, it'll only give you like 10 layers, for example. Oh, just limited. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Cause it's, it's, 
I was just going to figure out a way to get the um, the brushes I'm using on my desktop illustrator onto the iPad illustrator because that'd be fine. Yeah. Because I, I can do all the work then. But yeah, hmm. interesting. How do you find a tablet? Because I've been thinking recently, like, I think the next stage of what I want to do is like have a big old tablet set up yeah. here so I can just crack on with stuff. I think the iPad's a little bit, it's a little bit too hobby for for like some of the stuff. Which one do you have? Which iPad do you have? I've got an iPad Pro, but it's okay. like it's a small one, mm. and a lot of the time, if I'm plugged in, I don't know if you've got. Do you use an iPad or not? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If I'm plugged in, sometimes it just freezes, and I can't like I'm pinching uh, to right. zoom out, and it's not doing anything. There's been times when I've nearly like just put a, <laughs> put a fist through it, and and yeah. uh, I don't have uh, the greatest patience. I mean, I definitely don't think it's too um, too beginnery or too too amateur because, I mean, I, well, yeah, a lot of the illustrators I know of use an iPad Pro, um, yeah. especially the Pro. I think it's I think it's fine, but um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the Wacom tablets are good. I've only I haven't got one with a screen. I've only got the basic sort of um, Intuos Pro uh, medium, right. um, which works really nicely. Um, after about a, I don't know, a month and a bit, you probably get used to. Yeah, now I use it instead of a mouse as well. So it's if you start using it for everything straight away, mm. then it's, it becomes second nature. Like, yeah. I don't know if I could go back to using a mouse now. And when, no. I, have to, when I have to use a trackpad, it's, it's the most annoying thing in the world. Oh, I hate so, trackpads. Uh, having a pen is so quick. Yeah. Because um, you just got to get used to the layout and it maps to the screen, obviously. So, um, But I think the one with the screen as well would be really good. Just yeah. Try and get one of those days someday. Um, yeah, definitely. I think ha being able to have that kind of scale as well, because they're huge, aren't they? Like yeah, from, yeah. Um, I think that would be really helpful. I've seen um, Windows do a nice, nice big, like artist drawing tablet thing now. Um, mm. Yeah, I think Phil Gallagher, Phil Galloway's got one who, who does amazing sort of Renaissance oil paintings, but on iPads. Oh wow! Um, so it's like footballers, but in Renaissance like style. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think he's got one, but I think he'll give it. I think. It's, I think. Anyway, um, so yeah, yeah, it's, it's interesting what people use because there's so many different tools out there to use. I mean, some people don't use the Adobe Suite, some people use other stuff, and I think, yeah, I don't know. I think I'm always going to stick with Adobe, even though the, some people argue about the prices. But if you think about it, if you're making money off of it, it's not expensive. Um, I am. Um, so. I lucked out. I don't know. I don't know how, but I ended up with the whole subscription for. 16 pound a month for the first mm. for like a year and a half yeah the student and, one yeah but i was i wasn't a student i don't know how i did that and then did you give them the you, oh you, yeah you weren't a student at all I did you give them a student, student card at all no i don't think so <laughs> but then it upgraded and now it's 24 pounds a month for everything which is still ridiculous that's still um, six pound cheaper and i'm getting it how have you got that then <laughs> I have no idea. When everyone, you know, at the start of lockdown, everyone was like, "Oh, if you message Adobe, they'll they'll like give you two months free." Yeah, I didn't do I did it because yeah. I thought when they finish the free period, they're going to charge me what it's actually supposed to be, as opposed to what they're charging me. Yeah. So I just I kept quiet. I think the best way to do it is get get it on uh, a Black Friday or a, like you say, email them because um, they, they are really generous. And if I'm not sure how often you should say I'm struggling with money, but if you say you're struggling with money. Um, yeah. and yeah, genuinely are. They will give you a discount. Because um, there was a point, I think, beginning of 2019, 20, one of those two years, um, I, I really wasn't in a good place with money because I'd just done the podcasting thing around the UK and did the event. And 
um, emailed them and they they gave it they gave me this cheaper one. Um, but yeah, they gave everyone the thirty pound one for a year. I think you have to sign up. I'm in, currently in a contract with them saying signing up for a year, mm. and it's thirty pound thirty five pence. So it's it's not it's, it's pretty good if you're making money off of it. I mean, yeah, I mean, yes, yeah. <laughs> that like as an essential tool, it's like it's a lot cheaper than most jobs overheads. This is it. This is it. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, um, people will always complain though, won't they? Um, yeah, definitely. So how, how was making your own brush set? Because I think that, like, I would have no, no idea where to start. It's like when someone says I'm creating my own font. Like, how the hell did you start with that? So how, yeah, how was it and why did you start your own brush set? Um, I started my own brush set because, well, first of all, it was it was like, if I'm going to be doing textured work and that's going to be my thing, I should be somewhat of an authority on it, right? Like I should, mm. I should know how these things happen and, and like how if, if I was doing this analog, how I would do it. And, and I think it just, yeah, it just came from wanting to know how those things were created in order to better understand how to make my work look different. Like if you don't know an effect exists, then, yeah. then how would you ever do it right so i would just look at the the true grip brushes and and kind of look into the settings and kind of think like oh okay well they've got like there's a setting called jitter and if you turn the jitter up it basically moves everything so that it's really rough edge um and there's like a million different things like that where if you play around with it you can see the preview change and you go oh cool that's kind of scratchy i actually wanted something that looked like that and i haven't got it um so it just came from being uh, inquisitive, I guess, about how it was made. Um, and then when I started doing it, I looked into like a couple YouTube tutorials of doing seamless patterns, because obviously if you're doing a halftone brush, if, if the sample area looks like this and you start drawing here, you're going to have a line where the edge of the page is, if you see what I mean. Right. So I if you... Yeah. yeah, if you're, um, I don't really have anything I can demonstrate it on, but well, here's a, here's a packet of crisps. <laughs> if the edge of the packet of crisps is that, and yeah. that's my brush, when I draw it again, there's going to be a clear line oh, where it right. starts yeah, again. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, so you have to basically like switch all the corners out so that the inside, oh, I mean, it's, it's confusing. <laughs> so I spent a lot of time on, on YouTube figuring that stuff out. Um, and then it was just a case of like, what looks cool? What, like what, what is useful to me on a day-to-day -day basis that I haven't got already, mm. um, from one of these other companies and what, um, what looks cool, I guess. Um, and I think from that you can develop a, a new style as well. You're like, oh, well, this is like a really, really rough brush. So what if I drew the whole thing like this? And then when it's finished, it looks completely different, but still really cool. Mm. Um, so the, the process is, it, it didn't take ages. The thing that took the longest was the product images, like the creative market kind of thumbnails and the thumbnails for my website and stuff, because that stuff is the thing that sells it realistically. Like, yeah, of course. If you have a shit one of that with amazing brushes, no one knows. And if you have shit brushes but the preview looks amazing they'll buy it and complain later so you got you've got to have a balance i guess i get the best of both yeah definitely yeah 
that's, that's interesting. I um, listened to quite a few talks from uh, from Scotty and from um, Dustin as well about how how that because he's given a few talks on it at Creative South as well. So it's been, it's interesting to hear about the, the process of selling and um, well, how selling brushes literally turns uh, Dustin's life around because that was his story is incredible. But um, yeah, definitely. But yeah, it makes so much money, so much money. Yeah, um, man. I think <laughs> I think the, the thing for me is like I want to have a. a a passive income I mean it's not passive because I spent a lot of time working on it but I guess once you've paid for that time in sales then it's passive yeah. because everything else is just I'm not dealing with it unless someone emails and says hey this file's broken or whatever um, yeah. or I don't know how to add it to my iPad but I've got kind of guides in the download anyway um, but yeah I think it came from wanting a little bit of freedom where if I was to when the when the world isn't like about to blow up if i wanted to go on holiday i could still earn money while i was away it wasn't you know because as a freelancer you're, you're not getting Smart. paid to go on holiday exactly yeah um so yeah i just like to and i think as well as you grow and your audience grows you can grow this thing alongside it and everyone feels like they're kind of gaining value and like if i like someone's work the biggest thing is like how did they do that i want to know yeah. So it's kind of, I don't know, it's, don't know. It's, a new, it's a new thing for me. So we'll see. We'll see if anyone, anyone wants it at all, but um, hopefully. Yeah, it's good stuff. It's, I think it's, it's just smart business as well to, to think about new ways we can bring in money and not just relying on client uh, income. So it's, it's great. It's great mm -hmm. stuff. Um, what, what sort of gave you, is it the podcast that gave you this sort of business head? Like, I can see you're, you're very sort of next thing. What's, what's the next thing pushing forward? Sort of that that sort of mindset. Um, I think it was the band life, to be honest, because mm. that was always like, what's next? What's next? What's next? Um, in terms of songs, in terms of tours, in terms of um, like anything alongside that. So merch ranges. It was very it's a very creative outlet like you you can pretty much do whatever you want I mean there's obviously four other people to say no which is which is the hardest thing and that's the thing I enjoy most about being a designer is like if I have a stupid idea that I want to run with no one's going to say I don't think we should do that it's just yeah. me and, and if if it fails then fine but like at least I tried absolutely yeah um so I think that kind of, and there's like a real hustle mentality in, in the band world of like, if you can be the first person to come up with, you know, all right, the first person who came up with the Corona World Tour t-shirt must have made tens of thousands of pounds just from being like Corona World Tour, everything's cancelled. Like, so you, you get those kind of moments in the music industry and that, I guess that's carried on into here where it's like I I don't want to have to rely on clients because if for example America in a minute goes into a national lockdown I'll probably have no work yeah. so so I don't want to be like shit now I should start doing digital textures and things like that because then it's almost you know you got to start from zero yeah yeah of course and that's a really a really good point for myself as well to start Think about other ways. Other ways you can obviously you've got nine to five, but think about other stuff outside of that as well, rather than um, 
maybe well I'm trying to do the Etsy stuff I guess but I mean it's not yeah not going as well as I hoped but I set up an yeah. Etsy store at the start of this year and I've sold I think I sold three t-shirts with print on demand so that was cool because I didn't have to do anything but the setup I, yeah. I, I must have made 15 pounds total on all three of them so it's like yeah def- and that's a similar story with the, the creative waffle merch um <laughs> we did uh with geolaw but um yeah, that's good. it's fun. I mean, it's, it's good once you've got the initial outlay of, of designing it done. It's it's fun to get that email. Oh, Redbubble, yeah, a bit of money coming in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and it compounds as well. So if you put out fifteen brush packs and they all sell one a week, you've you've mm. made fifteen times. I don't know, a tenner, hundred and fifty quid. You just have to. I don't know. I guess as as you grow and as you have more things to offer the the audience comes to expect it and want it and then buy it i guess yeah yeah it's true yeah that's, i think that's exactly how dustin's done it with um just keep putting stuff out there that's great <laughs> uh, yeah nice one well um i'm gonna, I'm gonna get on to the last couple of questions if that's right unless you want to chat anything about anything else i don't have no and there's nothing pressing nice wicked um actually before we do uh, where can people find your brush pack like uh, so it's on my website, which is boredomkills.co.uk. I guess if you put forward slash store, you'll go straight there. Um, it's on Creative Market too, but don't buy it from there because I'll make 50% less money or whatever it is. I haven't even, I don't even know. I think it's 40% they take. That's a lot of money. Yeah. That's a lot. It's not fun. Wow. But um, yeah, I mean, always try and push people to my own site rather than that. Yeah, yeah that's smart. It's good. Um, well, what's the, what's your best purchase under a hundred pounds? Is is the last of the last few of the last questions? Start with the last questions in design or or in anything, anything you want. Anything I want. Best purchase. <laughs> I'm looking around the room. Not that it's going to be here. This is um, best purchase under a hundred pounds. I'm going to start asking people uh, who they prefer. Is it Jeff or uh, well, who's their favorite billionaire? Maybe maybe that would be. Uh, Good question to ask. I, I think Jeff versus Elon is good. That is a good ask. Good question, that. But no one's going to say Jeff. I think you have to preface it with the fact that he is ripped, and we know that he's ripped. Because <laughs> Elon, Elon's definitely been at the computer too long and is not ripped. He's like pasty. Mm. It's a dad bod for sure. Some girls like that. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I didn't buy this, but my girlfriend bought it for me as a Christmas present, and it's my coffee grinder because I grind coffee every day and it's like a, I don't know if you drink coffee, but it's like a moment away from, you can just chill for a sec while you're making it. Nice. Right. Yeah, I do. I don't drink anything fancy though. Um, so I'm one of these guys that, oh, I just put it, instant coffee in there. It's not simple. Yeah, Nestle Gold. I, I do have a standard, so Nestle Gold, but... I tried some shit from Lidl once, and um, just because it's cheaper, and it was it was not good. Um, no. So there is a, they can definitely taste the difference, and there is a standard in Nestle Gold, but um, instant coffee is the way to go for me. Nice, yeah. I respect not really, it. Not really a fan of the fancy coffees, to be honest. Um, no, I I definitely wasn't for a long time. I used to get it with I used to get filter coffees and ask for it with milk, and the the baristas would be like, "Oh, it doesn't come with milk," and I'd be like, "Yeah, I I." want it with milk i don't care <laughs> like, oh you'll ruin it though i'm like that's what i want to drink so yeah, yeah give please, me the milk. <laughs> please put some milk in it and like you can cry later like that's what i want 
Um, do you have any life advice? Next question. Life advice. This is this is the deep bit. Yeah, going um, to the deep end of the podcast. I think. Well, one thing for design, I guess, is like you probably do need a thick skin. You probably do need to just learn 100%. that, like, you're not for everyone. People will hate your stuff. People will. I think if you if you have a distinct voice as well, like if you're if you're pissing people off, you're probably doing the right thing because at least you're not like middle of the road. Like I think that's the worst thing that you can be is just like, yeah, inoffensive. Not not that you have to be offensive, but like just passionate, I guess, about whatever it is that you're into. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't even know what I just advised, but like. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I do. You cut out a little bit, but I think I think it's still there. Um, I do. Yeah, I do. I do know what you mean. Um, maybe you think. I wonder how many people I've annoyed and pissed off. Hopefully, not too many. But I don't want to be down the middle of the road. No. Yeah, I want more more people to like my work. I guess. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> if they liked it. That's the struggle. You you want people to like your work, and then obviously you take it personally if they don't. I don't find though that there's that many people that will vocally say they don't like your work. Um, yeah, I think it's very sure. different in the music world. Like there's YouTube videos with comments that are like awful, and uh, yeah, there it's are quite... there are actually a few people in the design industry that have had bad comments on on the Instagram posts and that. I've heard of some bad stories actually, so some, some pretty horrible comments. Really? Uh, jealous designers or all sorts of things. Yeah, it's been pretty bad. And whenever a big brand comes out, I mean, that's always the, the telling one. Whenever yeah. someone rebrands that's a big company, they always get bad comments. But Oh, yeah, I've no seen those. No one knows the brief, but that's a good, it's a good point. Thick skin's a really good one. Um, actually, it's funny, it's funny you say like, not no one's going to give you some bad comments because the last couple of episodes of this podcast have asked these sports designers to try and give me some feedback that I can improve my work with. And like it's just been nice comments. They're so nice. The people, the people that I've had on are so nice that they just don't want to give any criticism. Right. Okay. Um, so I'm going to abandon that question. <laughs> <laughs> They're just like, uh, oh, it's so good, Mark. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want that to. I didn't want it to turn into that to the podcast. So um, I'll ask behind the scenes to get some actual feedback. That'd be yeah. Good. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, the last question we have to ask people on this podcast is, how do you want to be remembered? How do you want to be remembered? Yeah. That's hard, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I don't really care how I'm remembered. I just would like to be remembered. I think that's the thing. It's like, I, I think as you get older, you kind of realize what you're about a bit more as a person. And I think I'm about scattering little bits everywhere. Like, whether that's uh, a, a illustration, branding, uh, like music, whatever it is, it feels like it's it's like a desperate struggle to be like that's gonna like when I'm gone that will still be there or like it will still exist. So I guess I don't really care how I'm remembered as long as it's like it means something to someone. Yeah, that's nice. Nice, I like that. Um, how do you yeah. want to be remembered? <laughs> um. I still haven't really figured it out, to be honest. I've heard a lot of people answer this question. What's the and What's the common answer then? Family, family's a good one. 
Um, a lot of people say family. I want to be remembered by my family and not too worried about the design work. Um, as long as I was a nice person, that sort of thing. That's a common answer. I like that. That's a I nice just, one. I just said I don't care. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's part of. I mean, some people say that, and it's, it's up to you, isn't it? It's how you want to be remembered. That's the whole question. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'll come back to you on that one because I haven't really figured it out to be honest. Something, something in sports design. I think I'd like to be like. There's a really good, some really good program designers from like the sixties and stuff. And I think I'd like to be up there eventually. Um, which I'm not sure. Might be a bit arrogant to say right now, but who's no, dude, aim for it, man. Yeah, we'll see. Um, but yeah, where can people find you on the internet and say hello to you? Uh, at Boredom Kills Creative on Instagram. Um, boredomkills.co.uk on online and that's it really I have a Twitter but it's like Alex James Adam I don't really use it that much anymore um, that, I've got Behance and Dribble but I don't really I, don't, I should probably upload to them more but I don't know what they are I've heard people that I've heard people do really well off, off those platforms yeah, so yeah, I got a little bit of work off Dribble during the first lockdown, but yeah. never, never anything off Behance. Yeah, well, there you go. Thank you very much for being on the podcast. It's been good. Thank you so much, man. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Creative Waffle Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, really good chat with Alex. Um, I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, you can check out his work down in the description below, uh, along with the link to our sponsor, uh, which you can find down there as well. Please do go and check it out. You can get a discount and all that good stuff there. So thank you very much for them partnering with us and uh, brought to you by the Logo Package. And yep, we'll see you next week for another episode of the Creative Waffle Podcast. Wow.